Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. We would love to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. If you're coming back and listening and returning, we appreciate you as a return listener. Thanks for coming back to listen to the show. Here at the Build Your Success Show, we like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our coaching, training, and speaking events. We also do that with special guests on this podcast. And today I'm grateful to have Judith Katz and Fred Miller. They have been partners in a, in a firm for many years now, and I'm going to let them tell you, you. Typically, I read the bios, the listeners know that, but I'm going to let them tell you a little bit about themselves, and we're going to start with Fred. Thank you, Brian, and thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, Fred Miller with the Khalil Jamison Consulting Group. We're a management consulting firm that uses organization development technology to bring about culture change. And part of any culture change these days has to address issues of inclusion, diversity, equity, access, and other issues that are critical, important to people being able to do their best work. Uh, we're located in Troy, New York. We've been around for 51, five, one years. Um, and so we've been very involved with this field and this work um, in many, many, many organizations. And um, we have had the, the opportunity to really influence um, people thinking around people and organizations and how people can do their best work. And this is Judith Katz. Thanks, Fred. And thanks, Brian. So good to be with you and your listeners. Um, so I'm Judith Katz. I live in Washington, D.C. Actually, Fred's in upstate New York, in Troy, New York. Um, and we've been business partners now for 35 years. Hard to believe. Um, and my career, just a quick uh, update. I was a university professor and Fred and I met each other at a, um, a professional organization. And when Khalil died, who started our firm, uh, he asked me to join him and we've been business partners for 35 years and I decided to actually retire. So, but we're still partners in many, many ways in our business. So it's great to be with you and um, thanks for having us. That is wonderful. It's great to hear that you two have worked together so long and had a successful career and, and what you've done, that's more important, you know, Hey, we can be friends all day long, but if we can work together and create something and, and, and help people, that's even better. So we're going to ask you the question we ask all of our guests, and I'll start with uh, Judith since we were with Fred on the bio. Judith, what does leadership and being a leader mean mm -hmm. to you? You know, in, in many ways, I think leadership is changing um, in, in from what it was to what it is right now. But I think it's really creating this container for people to grow and develop and contribute. And so I think in many ways, you know, uh, Fred often talks about how leadership is important, but followership is just as important. So if I don't follow you and I don't have you, if you're not inspiring me, if you're not um, motivating me, you know, in many ways, you know, then the leadership doesn't matter, right? If I'm not really being the leader that I need to be. So I think in many ways, it's are you exhibiting trust? Are you creating an environment for people to contribute? Are you enabling people to really bring what they can bring and all the skills that they have? And to me, that container is what leadership is about. It's really creating that space to enable people. Um, it's not taking the hill, although taking the hill sometimes is important, but it's really about who's taking the hill with you. And do people really feel like they have the confidence in you to really follow you? So that would be my kind of thought about it. Fred. I, I, I just had a conversation, finished a conversation with one of my favorite leaders, Hal Yo, 
And one of the models for his organization is we do what we say we're going to do. And I think part of leadership is your word is your bond. Your word is your credibility. And so what are you saying to your people? What are you committing to your people? And how do you follow through and make sure that that happens for people in the organization? And the other part about leadership is growing people. Developing and growing people is a primary responsibility. Hire good people and let them do their jobs and let them expand and grow in that process so that they are better at the end of their tenure with you or maybe even better at the end of the day with you than they were when they started. Fred, that's phenomenal. And, and Judith, what a, no wonder you guys are such a great team. You have such great thoughts about leadership. So that's, that's wonderful. You know, I did highlight in the application, followership is as important as leadership. Judith, you said that Fred says that. So we'll, we'll let Fred tell us why that is important. This followership is more important. Well, leadership is all about partnering. Leadership is all about collaborating and, part, and, and setting, setting a model for the organization. And no such thing as a leader without followers. So followership is important. And why would people want to follow you? And I think every day I'm like, what am I doing today? You know, our, our firm has about 20, 30 people in it. And what am I doing every day that deserves their partnership in the firm? What am I doing every day to make this a place that's worthy of them? And what am I doing every day to enhance their belief and trust in me as their leader? So I need that followership to be successful. And I need to be a great leader and a thoughtful leader to earn that the followership. And once you have that followership, how do you give that followership agency so that people have the ability to do their job, do their best work, and to address the things that are not right? And so that they can make the organization better just because they were here. That's great. And I heard you earlier, Fred, say your word is your bond. And I think that gives people a reason to follow someone when they can trust them mm -hmm. and they can know where they're going. You know, it's it's so important that when you're talking about this and how, how fellowship, my listeners will know, I've said this several times on the podcast, so just go with me here again, but we can choose to lead but someone else has to choose for us to be a leader. Mm -hmm. mm, and nice. so exactly. th that whole follower piece means if you, if you're, you say you're leading and there's nobody following you, I heard John Maxwell say, you're just taking a walk. It's great. <laughs> and well, people are looking more at leaders now than ever. Mm. Oh, yes, Before, yes. In the old days, if you just had the title, people were like, okay, you're the boss. Now they're like, are you worthy of my followership? Are you worthy of me giving my life energy and my work energy to this organization? Are you somebody I want to follow? And we see every day, talk about New York State, right? We see every day people who aren't earning the followership because of behaviors that they have done. And not only sometimes they lose their office, they lose people's uh, ability to support them or desire to support them. So how do I, what am I doing every day in order to reinforce that I am worthy of that followership. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. That's a, that's a great segue to something that was in your application here. Uh, Judith said that one time a millennial joined our team and she wanted to talk to Fred every day about her work and wanted his attention. Uh, previous team members were happier being left alone. And, you know, another thing that you, you said that is one thing that motivates someone doesn't always motivate someone else. We're also unique. Mm -hmm. And so with these, 
in this millennial situation, Fred, I'd like to hear how you handled that, number one. And then, you know, talking about how people are diverse, not only in culture, but diverse in strengths. Mm. I mean, the competition for talent these days is immense, probably more so than I've seen in my whole life. I mean, I don't know many people who aren't getting job offers if you're, if you're good talent in your organization. And so what do I need to do as a leader to create the environment that works for them. And this particular person said, you know, I, I said, so what, how can I be helpful? And they said, well, I, I'd like to talk to you like every day. I said, you wanna to talk to me every day? Many, 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 many years ago when I was inside of an organization, insurance company, the last thing you wanted was your boss to wanna to talk to you. You wanted to hide and be unknown in the organization and kind of get along. And now nobody wants that. They wanna, I wanna know I'm valued, I'm appreciated. I want feedback. I don't want feedback once a year, even twice a year. I want feedback every day. And so there really is a requirement as a leader to be much more engaged with your people, to be much more available to the people in the organization and to work with them so that you're learning from them and they're learning from you and you're sharing knowledge so that they feel like they are gaining from it, but I also gain from it. I'm a better leader because of the people who partner with me and teach me as we work together. You know, I just want to add to that, um, Fred, if you remember, there was one of the leaders that we worked with who there was a millennial, really high potential person that they were kind of uh, really happy to have in the organization who really wanted that visibility with the senior leader. And so the senior leader put that person's desk next to his. So next to his office, so that at least even if they weren't in meetings all the time, they would have he would see the person. And so it was kind of like really understanding that they wanted more attention, connection, communication and the same thing Fred did with this with this individual they went for walks a lot and you know they would just like kind of tell me what you're working on and that really gave the person the feeling of being connected and feeling seen and feeling valued and the same thing happened with this leader in an organization with this young person that really needed that kind of visibility connection even if they weren't sitting in every meeting but they were at least getting that connection in a different kind of way and I think, you know, different, as you said, Brian, different people have different needs. And I think it's really recognizing what do you need to be motivated? What do you need to be able to be uh, contributing at your fullest? We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Yeah, I... I, I, you know, we have about 12 people who work directly in the office here um, a few days a week. I go to their desk more than they come to my desk. I sit at their desk or hang out or talk to them or ask questions or answer questions. It's not about a power thing and you come to my office or my desk because I'm the leader. But I extend, how do I extend myself to you to let you know that you're important? I, uh, I've been teaching a communication course recently called Hear and Be Heard. Mm. And one of the things that I, that I brought out in the class is, you know, many companies have open door policies. And that's great. 
<laughs> but if they could have an open ear policy <laughs> right on, <laughs> and, and listen to what people, you know, it's, it's one thing to have an open door policy and, you know, your employee stops by, you're typing away on your computer and, mm -hmm. and you, you're half listening to what they're telling you. And, and, but, but if they've came to a leader's office, they want that leader. They want your uninterrupted time. They want to, you to hear them out. And and their time is as valuable, regardless if you're the you're the head honcho or not. Their time is as valuable as your time is. Absolutely. Right. And I want to make sure they they know that they're they're important enough for me to come to their desk, for me to come to their space, for me to do a project with them. I help them with something. That I'm here as a partner and a colleague as well as a leader. Wow. You know, we use the word millennial there. I had a guest on recently. He was telling me that he every time he says that, he thinks they have the plague or something. <laughs> when you say millennial, it's like something's wrong with them. Yeah. And and I, I got up behind a uh, a speaker one time, and he was he was just part of his speech was complaining about these new millennials. They got to be coddled and all those things. And I do believe, you know, uh, Judah talked about having the the box uh, or the package. I guess what's the word we used here? I'm trying to remember. The container. The container. Mm -hmm. And I do think we've got to guide some young people to realize there are some boundaries. There are some guide rails. You know, you don't have to lock them down and put them on a rail, but there are some guard rails, some boundaries with, with our workforce. But I, but after he got through just waylaying these new millennials and that, and I, and I said, you know, I think the millennials may have some of the answers we need. Absolutely. Because in my environment, you know, we've been in about workforce development. We can't get enough carpenters, welders, plumbers, those skilled trades. Right on. And if you take a young person that knows how to play a computer and you enter and put the AI stuff with that, mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you don't have to be so smart to put a, a 90 degree elbow, 45 degrees and a miter and all those things. Right. If, if this iPad will tell you how to do that. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's, if we, if we can couple our years of experience and, and their knowledge and learn to utilize. It's the same thing with humans as you, both of you very well know, utilizing strengths and finding ways to, to take Absolutely. someone's strengths and use them. Absolutely. Yeah. And every generation is complained about the next generation. They're not like us. We walked up to school upscale both ways. There were 3000 feet of snow. I mean, always. And so we're just another generation looking at the younger people and saying they were just like us, they would be so perfect. And yeah. in fact, like you're alluding to, our parents said the same thing, right? Exactly, totally, absolutely. So, you said it earlier. We want to we want to talk about this. What does it mean to be an inclusive leader in today's environment? Um, there's a lot of a lot facing us, and, and I've read a lot of World War II history and the Greatest Generation. Mm -hmm. I think this generation has the opportunity to be a very great generation if we can overcome some of this, these adversities that are facing us. And we can be known for, for ch making the change that needs to happen. So I'd love to talk about being the inclusive leader in today's yeah. environment. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting because in some ways it's this very conversation we we're just having, which is how do you really see the skills and talents that people bring in their own way? You know, I mean, whether it's um, so as a leader, I think it's really understanding what each person needs. It's really having more flex. I mean, right now there's been, you know, huge conversation just with COVID about, you know, are you expecting people to come back to the office five days a week or are you giving the flexibility to let people have a work and a life? Because people are recognizing that there's more to work life than just work. Right. So there's that flexibility to and I think 
understanding your biases, understanding how to feel comfortable working across those differences is all of the important things about being an inclusive leader. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's like um, there was in, in previous years, I could remember where leaders were like, if anybody has a tattoo, they better cover it up. Now it's like, you have a tattoo? You have a tattoo. I mean, you know, my <laughs> granddaughter's got tattoos all over her. And um, I think there's some things that don't matter to really doing your job that we have to have. I like guardrails, but I think they have to be wider. And I think mm. part of being an inclusive leader is understanding what are the guardrails that we really need to do our best work, to be safe, all of those things. What are the guardrails that were just things that I used to do because I used to do them that don't make sense anymore? You know, we don't work nine to five. So why am I expecting to have somebody there nine to five FaceTime when they're going to go home and have to work on that project anyway? So there's all of these things that I think um, really are important. And there's a skill set in being comfortable around our differences. You know, look at us. The three of us are different. And yet, you know, there's many ways we're similar. So it's a both. And I think leaders need to lean into that comfort about bias and microaggressions and understand how to engage. I mean, I talked to my granddaughter the other day, like there's a whole other language she has, right? <laughs> and she's 22 years old. I mean, she could be in the workforce. She's just finishing up college. And, and yet, you know, like, do I have the skills to effectively communicate with her, not expecting her only to be in my ground? And I think that's part of And The more skills we have, the more flexibility we have, the more able we are to be effective. And I think that's part of being an inclusive leader. I don't know, Fred, if there's anything you'd add to that, but- No, I, I, I agree. And there's so many challenges ahead that we don't know who's gonna have the answer to the next problem. And we can't just presuppose that X person who I've worked with for a long time or whatever is gonna have the answer because of their discipline or their school or whatever. And we need to make sure that we have everybody feeling included because we don't know who's going to have that answer, who's going to give us the insight or who's going to say the crazy thing that we're all going to go, no, that's crazy. And then two seconds later, somebody builds on it and it gives us our answer. So I think that kind of flexibility and understanding and appreciation and having the guard worlds be wider than they ever have been before is critical for organizations, especially in this time of such dramatic and unpredictable change. Yeah, I, I got to agree with that. And, you know, we, we, we have this old saying, we, we try that. It didn't work. Well, mm -hmm. what if this time under these circumstances with these people, it does work? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so we just need to be able to think outside the box and, and give an opportunity. You know, don't say no. I mean, I'm, I'm trying personally and something mm -hmm. I do teach in that communication class to either remove or reduce um I just lost the word here, but absolutes, you know, mm -hmm. never, always, you always do this. You never do this. Right. Those people, those things, it just, they don't see, you know, there's not a whole lot of things in life that are absolutes. Yeah. And, and just building on what you said, Brian, one of the things that Fred and I really talk about with our clients is the whole thing of moving from judging to joining. So instead of always having no be the answer, and I grew up in a family where it was always no, no, no. And I could tell you all the ways it was wrong. Instead of like, how do I join you and say, let's explore that, right? Or instead of that thing about it'll never work. Okay, well, how are you thinking about it? So we open up that doorway, which is back to your not having absolutes and find a way to really kind of engage with the person and see what, where they are going with it. Because maybe there's something I hadn't thought about. I don't have all the answers as a leader. 
Yeah, I, I heard a, a 95 year old man interviewed on a, in a news interview, and he said, "I can't have all the answers. I've got to save some for someone else." <laughs> <laughs> and I just that was so profound. I mean, just think of that. Mm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, I've got some other things highlighted here. I definitely want to, uh, to talk about here. Although there have been much discussion about the need to create organizational cultures that are diverse, inclusive, and equitable, many leaders don't know how to create such an environment. I, I do think at times people come up with initiatives, they come up with ideas, and, hey, we need to do this, and yet they really haven't thought through and had those conversations around why it won't work, how it will work, what can we do differently, what about that? So how do you encourage teams to go through the how, not just the, here's this, what we're going to do and send out this initiative and expect everybody to jump on board. How do you, how do you get people to get involved and, 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 and feel included? Yeah. I, I think the how's an important question. Also the why, why are we as an organization investing in this? Why is this important to us? Because once people understand that it's important for the organization and its future success, they'll come up with some of the how's. But often we're trying to force people into something and not give them the full context. Force them into something, I'd say our, many of our clients who are corporations, you're not a social service agency. You should be doing this because it's gonna help your bottom line. It's gonna help you as how you're seen in the community. It's gonna help your employees feel proud about the organization, but it's gotta be helping the enterprise be a better enterprise. And to the degree that it helps the enterprise be more successful in the marketplace, or what is manufacturing or what services providing, that is the, the best thing that it can be for the organization. Because once people understand, this is what I need to, you know, why, why, why put out a fire? Why have fire drills? Why, why do we have, need to have a medical plan? I mean, you can go on with why all those things. When we understand, we care about your safety. We care about who you are. That's why we're doing these things. In this case, we, we know that the world requires a bigger view than before. If we have a narrow perspective, we're not going to be successful. We need innovation. We don't want to have people in the organization who aren't able to fully bring their voice and their thinking. We need that thinking. As the organization can talk about all the reasons why, then I think it gets to, okay, so how do we do this? How do we come together? And one of the big things is what's holding us back? What's making us monocultural? What's making us so that some people get advantage just because of you know the way they were born or choices that they made in their life that had nothing to do with can they perform the job. And so how do we get the things out of the way that's making it difficult for anybody in the organization to be their best work? And then I think you move to, and now here's all the upside of doing it. And so how do we get people talking about this? How do we get managers being evaluated on how well they work with diverse groups and how inclusive they are? And so it's not just about, can you do the technical part of the job? Are you building a community or a team that's gonna be great because it's gonna be great because it's inclusive, because it's diverse and it's able to solve problems better than a monocultural team could. That's profound and, and just a great way to start wrapping things up here. We, we were actually into this about 22 minutes now. So I wanna give you an opportunity to let our listeners know where they can find out more about your consulting firm and if you guys have social media you want to share at this point, that would be wonderful. So um, our link to our firm is www.kjcg.com. 
Um, and we are on Fred, is, Fred Miller and Judith Katz. We're both on uh, LinkedIn and we're both on uh, Facebook. Although, and I think that's that's probably it. Now, Fred, anything else you want? Yeah, to no, that's that's a, those are the best ways. And we've written about six books. So if anybody wants us, just look us up and you'll find our books <laughs> as well. That is great. And you two make a great team. We had a little bit of conversation before the, the podcast began. And I just, it's neat that you've worked together and, and succeeded together so well and actually recognized each other's differences and, and, and been able to do that for such a long time. I, I congratulate you for that. That is wonderful. For our listeners, I want to thank you for listening to the Build Your Success podcast today. Do me a favor, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go over to that platform, leave us an honest review and rating. We appreciate that. It helps us grow the podcast. Go to our website, buildcs.net. Check out our events page. We do have an event in October and it's Live to Lead. You're going to hear from some great speakers there. You can do that virtually if you're in the world or if you're local, you can actually come in person in Lakeland. We will be following any COVID regulations at the moment once what those are in, in October. And then in November, we're actually having our Hear and Be Heard workshop. That will be an in-person event and it's limited to 16 people because it's a, it's a tight group of folks that we're networking with and learning from each other. So check those things out at our website. Thanks for listening to this podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.